0: Welcome to Human Dreaming, the podcast for curious dreamers. I'm your host, Britt Shefflin. Our guest today is Debbie McAllister. She's a spiritual transformational coach and Light Up Your Worth podcast host. She helps heart-centered midlife women going through transition and feeling stuck to become their authentic self so that they can move forward with confidence in rebuilding a new radiant life. As an intuitive, she is honored to be an advanced sacred soul alignment practitioner, the journey and Usui Reiki master, along with other healing modalities. Debbie offers recorded energetic healing meditations to clear out the limiting subconscious beliefs, self-sabotage patterns, and releasing negative habits, interrupting and healing generational trauma, and lovingly guides you through the process of transition. Free, quick, confidence-boosting meditation is available at her website, www.lightupyourworth.net. You can find her on Instagram, at lightupyourworth, and Facebook, facebook.com slash groups lightupyourworthcommunity. Debbie McAllister, welcome to Human Dreaming.
1: Thank you, Britt. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today.
0: Did I get all of the pronunciations right about like your style of Reiki and all of that?
1: Yep, perfect.
0: Okay, wonderful. Um, Well, I am delighted to have you on. I was lucky enough to be on Debbie's podcast a couple weeks ago and I think that will be coming out sometime soonish. So, we'll keep everybody posted on that, um, but yeah, so I have already had the delight of speaking with her for some amount of time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot, <laughs> learned a lot about the dreams. and. Oh, good. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, and today I get to learn about your dreams,
1: which will be really fun.
0: Is there anything that you wanted to get started with before we jump into
1: questions? Um, I did have a dream that I did want to share with you.
0: Okay, sure.
1: Yeah. So one of the dreams that I'd had, as long as I can remember, so probably, I remember a lot of childhood, so I didn't, I didn't have a traumatic childhood at all. And so grew up and I would constantly have this dream about watching um, like a big gorge, like like the Colorado Gorge type of thing, a Grand Canyon type of gorge. And I would be watching it and it was, it would be people like an old truck driving over. And if I had to guess now, it was probably like in the forties driving over people, uh, walking on the side of it too, but on both sides, it had the old fashioned, like I remember it from the movie, like, oh, it's a Billy Joel McAllister, which is funny because that's my last name. But like that scene of people just walking over uh, like a mom and a daughter talking, a guy in the, the truck driving over. And then all of a sudden the bridge is, is like, it must break. And I can hear and see like this truck falling I can hear like muted screaming, um, and I can watch this little girl fall with her doll. And then I would uh, probably wake up as a child, and I don't think I ever shared it, never shared it really. And then about 10 years ago, I was out on a walk with my dog and I was talking to my mom about other things. So I'm in my like early forties at this point. And I mentioned something about this dream and my mom tells me that that's not a dream. Like that's how did I, I've, she's never shared that with me. How do I know this scene? And I said, well, I dream about it. Like it, to this reoccurring dream, and come to find out she watched that as a small child.
0: Wow, that's wild. Yeah. And so you said the dream was reoccurring, like it kept visiting yeah. you. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Would visit me. And when I moved out from California to uh, Colorado, I was there really to kind of like restart. It had been at the end of a, of a, like 20 year relationship and so I was in this really different space almost an empty nester and I was really starting to get really deep into my own healing you know I had just a few years into reiki at that time and I was just in this really exploration of my own you know, growth, personal development, trying to figure out where, what was my next step in life. And so to have had this dream, it just kept happening more frequently. Like it sped up the frequency of it. And so that's, I think why i shared my mom, because it was kind of disturbing, you know, it was to wake up, to have seen people falling in this. And I've always been afraid of heights. Like I had no idea why as a child, I was afraid of heights. Nobody else was, my mom was, but I just thought, you know, she's being dramatic or something. You know, when you're a child, yeah, (laughs) you don't really think too much about it. And so this dream stayed with me until I shared it with my mom. And then, you know, that's actually what kind of got me interested even more into some of the stuff that I do now with like epigenetics, with how we um, carry forth uh, traumas in our DNA. But the dream part of it was like how it was coming through our dreams, I thought was really it was very vivid.
0: Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, you have a very clear memory of it all these years later. So do you know approximately how old you were when the dream started and how old you were when they stopped?
1: So I was probably, what I can at least remember is probably around kindergarten. So I would have been about five mm-hmm. in uh, California going to school. So around the time I entered elementary school, Until about 42, I think it was, is when it, when it, I stopped having it.
0: Wow. That's a really long time to have the same recurring dream. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you mentioned that you moved and it was like after a, a split from a relationship Mm -hmm. and um, the interesting thing about recurring dreams and this may or may not apply, given that it seems to be some sort of you know, genetic or otherwise type of memory. Um, that You know, it's something that actually happened as opposed to some dream that your brain came up with to try to get your attention. Normally, recurring dreams are shouting at you like, hey, this is important, pay attention. And you'll keep having them until you process whatever needs to get processed to keep you safe or healthy. Um, yeah, yours is really interesting given that it went on that long, but I do find it interesting that it stopped right after you got out of a traumatic relationship. It makes me wonder if that is related to it because that would be like the normal course of a recurring dream. Like say somebody's not feeling safe in their relationship, they might keep having these types of traumatic dreams until they get out of it and the subconscious can relax
1: because now they're safe. Does that oh, mean- that's that's that is interesting I <laughs> that really resonates because I did not feel safe in the relationship um, emotionally wasn't safe sure it was a very dysfunctional uh, relationship um, there's lots of words I could probably use that people hear these days that um, that I uh, yeah out of respect for him I don't You know, I don't talk about publicly, but there is definitely uh, an unsafeness to it, emotionally to it. So that would make sense, the timing of it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know what would have caused it to start other than it being some sort of memory or, you know, maybe on the off chance that your mom was telling somebody else about it, and maybe you heard it as a little kid, or the, kind of the only two reasons that I can think of off the top of my head, but regardless, that, that is really interesting timing, um, as that's usually the course of mm-hmm. dreams.
1: Um, yeah, the what, it, what's also just really interesting, as we're talking, I, um, I, all of a sudden, I'm remembering something else. I totally hadn't thought about it in so long, but as a child, I used to frequently get uh dreams too about the whirlpool you know I think that's not uncommon right like I would see this visual like water whirlpool going around and round and round, and um growing up and you'd wake up and you don't know what that's about and then you fall back to sleep and
0: yeah I think I had a similar dream as a child but for mine it was um an abyss like a just huge abyss and it was usually underneath our house and I would have to crawl or walk across this super rickety bridge where most of the planks had fallen through and it was like tattered rope and I would always have to crawl across the abyss but I think that's kind of a similar theme so was there more to the whirlpool dream or was it just seeing it or did you ever feel like you were getting sucked into it
1: I remember thinking I was getting sucked into it, and I think leading up to it was different all the time. I think there was different like activities going on, so that the leading up to and then coming upon this whirlpool where you felt like you were gonna fall, you know like when people come up against a cliff and you're almost like, "Oh no, I'm gonna fall in and mm-hmm. and but it would have different scenarios that would play out. yeah. And uh, it's funny, I hadn't thought about that in so long, because somewhere in my teen years, it just went away.
0: Not to make it about me, but I just, something just occurred to me, and I don't know if this is an experience that other people have or not, so I'll bounce it off of you, but I remember being a little kid and just being very tripped out by this whole earthside human experience. It just, I felt like I didn't kind of belong or that I wasn't a part of the things around me, almost like it was like a, a video game or something, like I was being observed. And I have heard that there is a psychological term for that, but it is escaping me right now. Um, so I didn't like come into my body feeling like, oh, I'm you know human, and I'm supposed to be here on earth. I felt like I had come from somewhere else, and I have no idea what or anything beyond that. But oh. I almost wonder if that the abyss type dreams and being you know sucked away or worried about falling had to do with the just building comfort being in a human body you know it's a pretty intense experience to be born and I think it might take some people a little longer to get used to it than others <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. well when I when I think about your scenario I think about like uh, I instantly jump into my whole spiritual brain right like as we tape this I, you know, I, I'm not at the end of my day. I'm more at the beginning part of my day. And so I'm still closer to that theta brain state of when we're sleeping and when we're doing a subconscious healing work, we're in that theta brain. So we're able to take a look at, uh, like the subconscious thoughts, the patterns, you know, that are ours or the collective that we've picked up. And so in you're sharing what I, what I got is that, so a lot of people who are intuitive, which pretty much everybody's intuitive, we're all born intuitive. Just some of us decide to go learn more about it when we get somehow awakened or triggered. And so from the age of of about five or six is when most people and have experienced where they're told like, oh no, 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 this, we don't do this. Um, that we don't, we don't talk to people who aren't here. You know, of course that's real. And there's a, a really big thing happening with like star seeds and Galactica work where people are saying, you know, that we have, a, there's a lot of people who have cam, come here from other places. And so they feel really out of sorts with their body when they're young.
0: Well, that's interesting. I hadn't heard anything about that. I'll have to have to look into it.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're probably a star. Well, mm mm-hmm. I'm, I know you're a star seed, but um, yeah, you, you you can go look at it and see what how it resonates with you too. Um, there's a couple planets that people um, resonate with, I think, more frequently, and that's definitely not my level of of you know expertise. But I've learned a lot about like there's a lot of Lemurians and um, some of the others that are you might read about it with the star seed information and go, oh my gosh, that that really resonates with me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and how we feel in our bodies, you know, especially when we're young.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, because now I feel very connected to my body as an adult. It was very much like I did have to learn how to come into my body. And I'm very like, um, maybe not hyper aware, but I'm pretty aware when there's stuff going on physically and that didn't that wasn't really the case when I was a kid. Everything just felt like a like I was in the matrix almost. Um but the, yeah, that's interesting. I've never heard of any of that. Starseed or what was the other one? galactic
1: Galactica. Um, the galactic and oh. um Lamarian. I think is how it's pronounced. L-E-U-R-M-I-A-N or something.
0: Oh, like luminosity, Lumerian. Got it.
1: Um yeah. So it's really. Yeah, if you Google Starseed, you're going to get a lot of stuff.
0: Interesting. I'm going to mm-hmm. write that down just so I can take a peek because I've never heard anything about that. Um. Well, great. That's it's going to be fun to check out. Yeah. So, tell me about um, your experience with dream journaling.
1: Well, really interesting is that for myself, I found, like after we talked, right, and as I prepared for us to talk on my podcast, I was like, "Oh, I need to start keeping track of my dreams because they've been so vivid. Like again, as I, I'm going through another life transition, kind of like about like the bridge, and my dreams are just vivid. I wake up almost every day remembering. My dreams. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I will, I should write them down. That way I can go and, you know, take a look at your book and see what messages I'm getting. But then I find as I go to, to do that, like I get stuck, all of a sudden they're gone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I, I can't remember them. Like I wake up, they're vivid before I can even get to, to write them down they, it's almost like they're erased. Like, nope, you're not supposed to write it down.
0: And that does happen for some people that they don't really have any dream recall at all. And a lot of times that's actually a good protective mechanism because they might be having pretty traumatic dreams. And so they might remember like one to five dreams throughout their whole life. Um, and so in some ways, that is normal, but it kind of doesn't sound like that's what's going on with you. It just sounds like you you are still in the beginning stages of practicing dream recall, and all of that sounds totally normal for that as well. Um, if you do want to continue trying to remember your dreams, you can speak them out loud into a recorder or voice-to-text, Um one thing I do is because if I start writing them down, I will often forget them as well. I will just lay there with my eyes closed and remember the dream forwards and backwards a few times and like all of the details so there's actually in my waking memory. Like as I'm waking up, the dream is still fully intact. So I'll just spend time kind of memorizing it before I write it down. Um, and that seems to really help me because otherwise, like you said, if I have the dream and I'm like, oh, that's exciting. And then by the time I, you know, reach to grab my pen, it's kind (laughs) of gone. Yeah. Sitting with it it for a minute can help. So if you like, you could try that.
1: Oh, that's a great tip. I think I, I think I will try that because I have an app on my phone. I think it's like voice that comes even standard on the iPhones, right? And then I can just speak into it because they are interesting. I do know that. Like, there's a lot of activity happening. There's nothing, you know, like scary or violent or recall. It's just different activities. And I've kind of started to realize that as I've gone through, like, i'm in uh, like a third major transition in life like restarting over and each time the dreams get really vivid like the colors are more vivid the activities the um you know what i'm doing is really um powerful like as we start to talk and i start sharing i can see myself now um like hiking as I walk up and like I'm in Peru I can see myself hiking and I'm I'm walking up to go see um you know the famous thing Mach, Machu Picchu is,
0: true. yeah as I yeah. struggle
1: to say the word but it's yeah I can see that right now as we're talking like that's been in my dreams recently mm. like I, I'm starting to see projections of places I'm going to go do and see
0: that's really interesting
1: so yeah. I, I find, I, I think it's really, I'm, I'm curious, you know, of why they would start happening when you're in life transition. Cause life transitions don't just like, you know, a month or a year, you know, if somebody loses something big in their life, whether it's through death or divorce or, uh, you know, relocation or new jobs or all of it in one year, like I, I tend to do in periods of time. Like within two years, I had all of that happen. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a couple of years for you to walk, to get through it. And your confidence level kind of, you know, um, goes through the emotions of it. I think, you know, the ups and the downs of, um, oh, this is the new path. Oh, nope, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> and how it correlates with the, the dreams. I've, I'm starting to notice that there is a pattern this time. Maybe it's because it's my third time through such a huge, um, rebuilding or, you know, creating the next phase. Um, and I just know it's going to be the best one ever. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so the dreams, I don't know, maybe the dreams are stuff that I've been wanting to do and I know I'm now going to get to do them like,
0: yeah. Yeah. So with the, the types of dreams where you're seeing beautiful places and the, like they just sort of feel good dreams, mm-hmm. they feel good, right? Like the place yes. you want to go visit. Mm-hmm. Um, those are what I typically refer to as reinforcing dreams. Mm-hmm. And essentially it's a way that your sub- subconscious is, is reinforcing a new, uh, thought pattern behavior, um, basically, like switching out an old habit or protective mechanism for a new one. And so, and also it's letting you know that your subconscious is now agreeing with your conscious mind. So um, in very simple, like dumbed down terms, your subconscious is responsible for 90% or more of your daily actions, thoughts, feelings, behaviors, everything. We're we're so much more on autopilot than we ever realize. And um, the conscious part of our brain is 10% at most. And that would be people who are, you know, not spacing out a lot, not daydreaming. <laughs> you know, people who yeah. are highly in their frontal lobe for a majority of the day. And it's still only about 10% of decisions are coming from there. So... When you have those reinforcing dreams, it's like you have a thought, a conscious thought of the way that you want things to go and the way you want things to be. And your subconscious mind is basically saying, hey, I'm on board. Let's reinforce this, uh, you know, creating new neural pathways in the brain and saying, yeah, I, I like that idea. Um, so yeah, reinforcing dreams. I love them.
1: Oh, that is so uh, validating, I think it's the word I'm, I'm, that comes to my mind because the work I've been doing intensely, uh, since about 2013, 2014 has been with my subconscious, you know, the, the, the modality, my, uh, the sacred soul alignments that I use works with, um, it works with the subconscious brains to really uh, change those neural pathways
0: yeah and that's what has to happen i mean people don't realize it sounds so ethereal and non-physical to say something like i work with my subconscious and and then people don't really identify it like they think of it as an abstract where your subconscious mind is actually literally different parts of your brain in the neural pathways every time you think a thought then you know the neurons that fire together wire together you're literally building new pathways in the brain and so i i don't know if people fully understand that your thoughts are physical structures in your brain your behaviors your patterns are all physical structures in your brain and so working with the subconscious isn't as abstract as it sounds it's very much changing the way that your brain is functioning so that you can function the way that you consciously want to. Yeah.
1: And you know what's so interesting because we didn't talk about this before, right? Is that all of the work I've done for myself is to really get rid of a lot of collective uh, patterns, behaviors um, that had to do with um, owning my own worth, right? Like having self-confidence, having that imposter syndrome, self-doubting myself, and I've done a lot of releasing work of like expectations. I had of relationships that were never, you know, they were never, uh, it was never fair to the other person of what the expectations were because we weren't aligned. And, you know, I just picked people who weren't really um, honoring that part of themselves, let alone myself, but I wasn't honoring my own worth, how we show up, um, and I could see the difference in my career, in my relationships. And so I've been really trying to work on, not trying, I, I purposefully, intentionally worked on unraveling this big onion um, and really trying to uh, understand it and why I went beyond like a traditional like, therapist type of you know, talk therapy and trying to understand how can I break some of these patterns? And so I did a lot of release work with, you know, this energetic work, energetic healing. And so you're coming from a completely different realm. And now a lot of that has been released. Not that there more doesn't come up, get triggered from some other, you know, bizarre memory or experience, but now this reoccurring dreams that I'm having that you're talking about, the reinforcing is really all of the new thought patterns that I have been working on and implementing and changing my life. And hence this big transition again.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think that, that it's so cool that it's showing up in your dreams that you're the work you have done is presenting itself to you, not only during the day through feeling your worth, but also in your dreams through feeling your worth. And I think that that is really beautiful. You went to a hypnotherapist, right? It was one of the things that you did.
1: In yep. A yep. I, I have. I've had a couple hypnotherapist sessions. Um, I, I've probably have spent thousands of hours, literally, at this point, um, especially over the last five, six years, yeah. doing. Doing work um, I because I never really quite understood you know that ninety once I understood and it really resonated deep within me, you know the statistic of you know ninety thousand thoughts are in our subconscious or mm-hmm. it 's really powerful when you start thinking, why did I just do that? Why did I just go grab that cookie i 'm not hungry, right like breaking those patterns, we can go read the book of you know the atomic habit or some of the other really good ones, right? And then, yeah, we still do it. Like, what? what is it? Yeah. And connecting it to the subconscious, and now the subconscious is now reflecting back to me that I have changed some of those patterns.
0: Yes. That, like,
1: absolutely. I just want to jump up and down and scream and go, oh, my gosh, <laughs> like... I know that there's science out there, right? Like I know and and I believe it, but when people think it's just all this woo, it's uh and and now it's even showing up in my dreams. Yeah. It makes me really want to even uh figure out a different way. So I think I'm going to to you know do my dream journaling so that I can connect it because there's probably some really beautiful things that are going to happen.
0: Yeah. And if nothing else all it would do is reinforce that further. So if that's something that you want to reinforce just by journaling it, it will help continue that pattern of change if that's the direction you want to go. And just to make a point about um, scientific, I haven't read, for example, any studies on Reiki, so I can't speak to that, but there are an absurd amount of uh, papers on the effectiveness of hypnosis and hypnotherapy. Um, coming out of all of the Ivy League schools, you I mean, you can Google it, there's thousands of them. And it's a, uh, a big interest to a lot of college studies and, um, and other people. But one of the things that I thought was really interesting and, and cool for people to know is that when you pair hypnotherapy and talk therapy together, you get even more rapid accelerated change and that has been documented. Um, so if anybody is like, I like talk therapy, but I don't feel like I'm making enough progress, consider reaching out to a hypnotherapist who can work with your, your psychiatrist or your psychologist and figure out what is going on with you and then reinforcing the parts of the change that you want to make while helping you to let go of the things that you don't want to hang on to anymore. So you just get to process it a lot faster. So just a little note on the um, the science of effectiveness, and maybe you have um, more information on papers about Reiki and other modalities.
1: Yeah, the um, since Reiki has been here in the States since I think in the 20s is when they brought it over um, originally, but I don't think it really got really big until after World War II, right, with our relationship with Japan. And it's very powerful and I think they've done a really wonderful job of making it where it's not like most people have heard of Reiki. Now they may not understand it, but you know, the hands and bringing through and channeling the energy. And I think it's really um, just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like being able to know, like, what is energy, right? Like one of the simple things I do is if you just simply rub your hands together and then you pull them apart you can feel that there's energy in there you can feel it right I mean um, some of the great minds of our our world right like Einstein talks about energy and how that in with our um, conscious and subconscious, maybe they didn't have, uh, maybe they weren't um, expressing it all quite how we are now in this context, but he was definitely very much aware of this type of work and how it impacts it. I think we've all walked into a room and you can like feel like, oh, it feels kind of heavy in here or yeah, I don't like the vibes, right? Like you may not even understand what that is, but you just know, oh, it feels kind of like heavy or dark or Mm -hmm. too heavy, you know. So I don't think, or you walk into a place and you're like, wow, I really want to hang around Brit. Like she is just eluding this joy and she's not even saying anything. She's just there, right? People have that presence, that calm presence, that funny presence, or or you can look at somebody and they might be laughing and you're like, wow, they feel kind of sad. Like, I wonder what's going on today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think everybody can relate to that on some level, like being able to walk into a room and maybe you can't even see the person's face, but just knowing what mood they're in. Mm-hmm. There's also, I can't remember the term for it. Um, mind like a sieve sometimes, but there is a branch of forensics that is working on being able to detect when somebody was in a room, because we all have our own unique signature that's a combination of pheromones that are floating around and just whatever, maybe ions that our body is putting off. But anyway, every person has their own unique scent and signature, and so they can actually, they're starting to be able to capture Mm -hmm. what, you know, people's essence, and they would be able to, you know, within a certain amount of hours, like take that quote unquote fingerprint of their essence of having been in that room and be able to tell who was there so that maybe they can help solve more crimes. Um, But I found that really interesting. Um, If I find a link to that, I will put it in the show notes so that I'm not just talking out of my rear end.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds fascinating because it's so, it's so true. And I think, I mean, completely with that is that, you know, you go back to like a lot of Native American um, practices, right. With like clearing the room, um, like the saging of the room or um, Palo. Palo Santo. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they really take, they clear the, the energy out of an area, right. They want to, they want to switch that over. And I think it's the same, same thought process. It's just that all these years. You know, centuries later, I would be fascinated to see how they can tell that we were actually in the room from a scientific perspective, because you can definitely sense that at times, especially, you know, I call it our spider senses, you know, when, you know, when you walk and if you've ever walked by yourself on a street and it's just got dark, maybe you thought you'd be home or you're, you're out exercising and you really, I, I personally don't like to walk in the dark, and you just sent something and to be able to, I think every woman has had that experience and, and you're just like, okay, there's something telling me I need to, to her, get home. I yeah. need to get someplace where I feel safe and you may or may not have seen something, but we all know it's there. And I think it, is linking back if they're able to get the science behind that i mean maybe in an outside area it's too big sure but to be able to use that right to be able to to help us not only know that our senses are right our spidey senses as i call them our intuition is right we're sensing something that we can't quite explain but there's so many things that we couldn't explain 30 years ago that they're explaining now yeah.
0: Exactly. If, you know, we know it's possible. I mean, we've all had the experience on probably both ends where you've felt somebody watching you and you've been able to turn your head exactly to where they are. Yeah. Just know. And how do you know that? And then also like I've been watching people and have them do the same thing to me, like, you know, your people watching and they just all of a sudden feel it and then look right to where you are, you know, Yeah. <laughs> we've all had both of those experiences. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's all it's all very interesting.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what got me so interested in, you know, when I when I kind of moved over from, you know, my corporate business mind into wanting to know more about when Reiki found me. You know, um, it was really part of this part of myself that I didn't really think I, I couldn't explain certain things. And, you know, even 20 years ago when I was introduced to it. It wasn't as mainstream as it has become now more. And a lot of people, when they're first venturing into, um, I don't want to call it the woo or the metaphysical, because I think it's kind of downplays the importance of the work, Mm -hmm. is that that's usually one of the first um, introductions that people get which is a great way because it's really, you know, gentle. And I think in the work that I'm doing um, now, whether I've done it um, with uh, the sacred soul alignments or the journey work um, and some of the other like data healing is similar is that it really even takes it kind of uh, beyond of not only just um, clearing out some of the old patterns, but being able to replace them with good things. We actually do um, what I call is we do, I do healing downloads. So say you were, you grew up and you didn't feel safe. Maybe there was abuse or some trauma or just maybe some kind of uncertainty about where, we, where were we going to live. You know, maybe there was no screaming in the household, but maybe there was always this uncertainty that we were always on the brink of being homeless or no food. When you grow up, as we grow up, that gets, you know, um, stored in our body. And so the downloads can actually, when you want to feel safe, if you've never felt safe about those types of your environment, then how is your body going to replace that? So the downloads, the energetic downloads actually send that energy frequency to your body and your subconscious. Yeah. So does it, you know, can some things happen over one listening? Some can, right? But it's still, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, the more that you can listen to it and then allow integration time, your body all of a sudden starts to feel different you know, certain situations don't trigger you as, 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 as harshly, or maybe they don't trigger you at all. And so we, we also journal for that so that you can actually see the progress because it's kind of slow. And sometimes, and other times, just like the hypnosis, it can, next thing you know, you're like, oh, that used to bother me. Right. And now it no longer does. And so I think the, the, hypnosis and the work I'm doing are very closely, I think, related, but they're just uh, different ways to get there.
0: Yeah. And that's why I think cross modality is so important. Like I mentioned earlier about mm-hmm. using talk therapy and hypnosis or whatever resonates with people, because one thing that I think is really important to remember, especially if you're looking at, you know, people are poo-pooing stuff that's too woo-woo, is that the placebo effect is real. And that's not to, to downplay anything. That is to say that our minds are that powerful that if you think that you're receiving something, you can literally receive the benefits of it. And, you know, I, I think that that's really helpful for people to keep in mind, myself in particular, because I always want to know the answers to things. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it really is just that That power of belief or trusting your body or yourself or whatever process you're using to get there. Mm -hmm. And um, just simply having that trust can make a world of difference. I mean, to the fact that, you know, to the point that placebo is what, a 30 something percent increase? I've been a while since I've read it, but I think it is the threshold is I think you have to be higher than that to be better than placebo.
1: Yeah, in the work that I've done, I think I actually had to do some placebo work with my masters, um, and because I'm, it's in healthcare administration, so understanding you know the the process or you know how Planet care come out uh, even bigger than sitting in your doctor's office, but when when we go to implement certain processes, while we want science based processes and peer reviews has to do with understanding the placebo event and how it can actually impact us. And it's really, um, I I wish I could remember the statistic off the top of my head too, the 30%, um, but it is so, so powerful. Our mind is so powerful you know, we've we've also seen it work and actually heal people, right? The placebo effect that you're receiving, and then it kind of even goes into where people believe, like in the power of prayer, right? Like that's the huge thing with the placebo effect as well with our work. And there's there's studies on that too, right? And people are, how do they know that the miracles um, exist? When I when I started to study um, the journey um, with Brandon, I think is her name. And it's been a while. It's one of my earlier modalities, um, that I learned actually when I was out there in that retransition portion of my life in Colorado. And she was actually, she cured herself of cancer through her work. That's how, how her like healing modality came through. And I believe it's, um, Dr. Joe, um, sorry, Dr. Uh, Bruce Lipton, who actually lists her healing modality as one of the the ways to get to our subconscious.
0: Is that the, Bruce Lipton wrote the biology of belief?
1: Yes. Yes. One and the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he was just, um, I think he was just listed too in the new version of Oh, this big mag spiritual magazine of like the hundred most influential people in uh, that community. He's listed again, cause he's of course, um, you know, he comes from a science perspective and being able to blend the two and, and he's been around for a long time. He's been talking about it, I think since the seventies. And so I just lost my whole train of thought. I don't know what that was, but oh, that's okay, yeah.
0: That's okay. Um, So let's do a little bit of a thought exercise. Okay. Just a a creative, fun thing to do. Um, So it doesn't have to make logical sense or make sense as far as physics go or anything like that. But if you could create a PSA, a public service announcement in any format that the whole world would see, what would your message be and what would it look like? How would you transmit that message? And I can give you a few examples if you like, um, or you can just take it from here.
1: about an example?
0: Okay, so for example, it could be like a billboard or a push notification or skywriting, um, and it could be anything like you know love yourself or make sure you drink 8 glasses of water every day it could be anything like that
1: oh okay that's easy <laughs> <laughs> um for for myself it would be that um you are worthy yes you are you i i think one of the the deepest things that we do for ourselves is we don't think we're you we don't think we're unique enough to be that special because you know we we do that comparison game but i would love to have a something in the sky you know in the airplane you know you are worthy yes you and even have like little like I don't want to say glitter, but you know something like glitter biodegradable though right so it wouldn't mm-hmm. hurt animals where so everybody could just receive almost like a little you know fortune cookie sized piece of paper
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you are worthy, and they carry it with them, and when they when they grab it and can hold on to it that they feel seen and Beautiful. and and really can receive that transmission that they really are worthy.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. And I wish everybody would feel that way.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because I think if we all look back at whatever age we are, and you can look at your the decisions you've made in life and really be honest with yourself or your therapist or hypnosis or you know, a spiritual healer like or a coach. And see how would your decisions would have been, could they have been different if you had really truly believed in yourself? Yeah. And surrounded yourself, right? If you're around people, or maybe you're around people who don't provide that back to you, that you could, to make the decision that you are worthy enough to change that environment for yourself. Even when you don't know what it's going to look like. It always looks different. You know, I feel like I've become an expert on life transitions and they always look different. They're not always easy. In fact, they're, they're rarely super easy. You might have easy moments of it, but there's this confidence that comes through you because you believed in yourself and how we make our decisions really shows through when we start truly believing and it's, you know, really, really powerful. So, be able to do that. So, that would be my PSA. You are worthy. And ref- reflect that back to you. I know Louise Hayes talks about um, one of the big founders of Hay, Hay House is the simple um, ex- mirror exercise. So, you can take a really small mirror, big mirror, whatever you feel comfortable with. You could do it in your phone, right? You can put your phone on selfie mode and just tell yourself, look yourself in the eyes, and say, you are worthy.
0: That's beautiful. I love it.
1: Wrapping up now,
0: are there any requests of the audience? Anything else we should know about you and light up your worth, which as an aside, I love that you mentioned earlier that you were trying to find your worth and then you created a business called Light Up Your Worth. I think that's lovely. Um, So yeah, if you have any Anything else that we should know about you or your business or any requests of the audience? uh, Go ahead and share that with us.
1: I would, you know, people might be listening going, oh, poo-poo, you know, like some of that woo-woo stuff or metaphysical or those hippies. When I was growing up, it was the hippies, (laughs) age myself, but um, they can go to my website and just get a free confidence booster. It feels like a meditation you know give yourself 20 minutes um you know go to lightupyourworth net and it's it's right there and you know you'll you'll be subscribed to the stuff i send out but you can always unsubscribe you know you don't have to stay there but you can get the free meditation and listen to it because then what really do you have to lose it's not gonna hurt you
0: yeah absolutely and it could really
1: change you you know like just to own your own it's called own your sparkle and Just saying that lights me up, right? Like, oh my gosh, if you could just, you know, if if somebody could just see in themselves what I see with everybody that I talk to, like if you could see how great you are and and just feel that love Mm -hmm. coming from a heart-centered, authentic person, you could feel that and you could own that. And I want that for everybody. And so, you know, they can go just experience it in the meditation and um, and really start to own themselves really own their own value and how that shows up. That's not being, you know, egotistical, it's not being a narcissistic or, but I think sometimes we are afraid of that, right? Like we're afraid of becoming this pompous person or that, you know, that overconfident person. Well, you know, confidence really comes from the inside.
0: Yeah. Also, if you're worried about becoming a narcissist, you're not at risk of becoming one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, that's really lovely. And I'm always looking for, for new meditations. And again, that is something else that actually has been scientifically proven, is that meditations and guided meditations really do change the structure of your brain and are beneficial so um and that isn't for 100% of people so like everything some things work better for other people but I just love that you have that for free on your website and I hope people go check it out and again finding you on Instagram at light up your worth and then you had facebook.com slash groups slash light up your worth community is that right great so hopefully people can find you there and check you out on instagram and on your website and i thank you so much for chatting with me today it was delightful
1: yeah i was so i'm so pleased i'm so happy that I, we were here been able to share some more time together it's such an honor thank you
0: we are supported by human dreaming the dynamics of dream interpretation by sunshine press the human dreaming book can be purchased on Amazon.com the Barnes & Noble website, or through your local bookstore. For dream share or help with interpretation, please join us at the Human Dreaming Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at human_dreaming. dreaming. Thank you for listening and subscribing, and please join us again next week.